Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Emily McGuire is going to talk to us today about something that Kirk and I have talked about a whole bunch on podcasts, which is nurture sequences and and how you need to have a process to court people. Uh, you know, Kirk and I call it dating, otherwise known as nurturing. But as Kirk and I were reviewing stuff, we realized, you know what? We've never actually brought anybody on who's an expert in this. And guess what? We've got one today. Woohoo! So Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hi. I'm waving. You can't see it, but I'm Oh, yes. You are, yes. <laughs> so you own something called Flourish and Grit. So before we get really into the whole nurture thing, would you mind if we just took a few minutes so that our audience can get to know you a little bit better and you can tell us your story? Perfect. That's my favorite topic is me. I love talking about me. It's great. So yeah, my name is Emily McGuire. I own Flourish and Grit, an email marketing and automation studio. I started it two years ago uh, when I was looking for another email marketing job because that's my background. And I've been doing that for quite a while now and didn't find the job I was dreaming of. So I created my own. And now I get to work with all kinds of people, helping them win customers over and over and over and over again with really smart email marketing. So that's what I love to geek out on. And I am so glad to be on the show today. Well, uh, so this is what your experience is. I mean, does somebody go to college for this? I mean, Emily, where where do you get this education? (laughs) Well, I got a master's degree in communication, and I learned nothing about email (laughs) in in that master's degree. I did learn a lot about communication, though, right? Mm -hmm. But I started out doing social media, which I find a lot of people start out in in the marketing world and got email thrown on my plate because why not? And so I turned to my good old friend Google to learn all about that and blossomed into that world and then got a job only doing email marketing. And I learned from some amazing people who've been doing marketing for decades. And the bulk of what I've learned about email marketing is testing. So I've I've tested almost everything you can think of. Hmm. And that is where I have learned most of what I know. Uh, Testing and uh, from those who have gone before me, who have been so generous with their time. I'm sure it doesn't surprise you that most of our listeners use email terribly, to the point of frustration and unsubscribing, right? I can't tell you how many times, actually, I have a routine every week I will go back through my email and unsubscribe to stuff because I either didn't get value from it. They're emailing me too frequently. And and Emily, I've got like a kabillion questions for you. But the the first one is, is with this testing, right? What we want to make sure that we do is all of our listeners will leave today's podcast, not only being interested in who you are and what you do, but also that they can do something immediately. So I'm just planting that seed because we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Let's talk about some of the big mistakes that you see professionals who provide advice for a living make with their email, just period. And then and then we need to dive more deeply into nurturing. Well, how much time do we have to go into <laughs> we might We might actually need to have a much longer podcast about this, but... So there are two big things I see people, the mistakes they make in email marketing that I, 
I have lots of conversations around. The first one is sending newsletters. I can't say this enough. Stop sending newsletters. <laughs> so they're very valuable, right, for uh, giving a lot of information to your subscribers about what's going on in your business. But often what I see people do is they take a ton of time at uh, whatever, mid-month to put out next month's newsletter. They put all this really great content in it. They put all this really hard work, time, energy, skill into it. And they just send it once. They send all of this content out to their subscribers at the beginning of the month. That's all their audience hears from them for the rest of the month. And they put so much content into their newsletters that nobody's going to read it because it's overwhelming, right? There's so many options and people get overwhelmed by all those choices when what they could be doing is sending out really strategic campaigns. And really where people can start with that is take all the content that you would normally put in a newsletter, make that each piece of content one email. And then you have four, like say you have four articles in your newsletter, then you have four emails for your month that you send once a week that people are much more likely to read because it's a much smaller chunk. Now let's let, I'm going to pause you right there with the smaller chunk. That's Mm -hmm. fascinating to me, right? So, so is there a chunk size we should be shooting for? (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I, I can tell you that an average web site, so this is tied to email, but I'm going to talk about websites on average, people spend about a minute on a website. So you can assume that as somebody is scrolling through their phone or through the emails they're checking in their inbox in the morning, that they have a very limited time on what they're going to spend reading their emails. And having once they decide to click and open that email, they're probably going to spend maybe a minute reading it, right? To see what grabs their attention if they're interested in it. So if they can consume that content in about a minute, you're you're doing pretty good. If your copy is super compelling, then they might spend a few more minutes on it. So I tell people to keep that top of mind. If they can consume that content in about a minute, then you're doing pretty well, which is much easier said than done. Yeah, that's... That does seem difficult, but but really powerful and important. So so everybody who's listening, I mean, there's there's the first thing that Emily just gave us that I want you to to take action on when you leave. When you're writing something, set a freaking timer and read it. Either do you have them read it out loud or just read it to themselves and kind of just for a for a testing or double checking? Yeah, I mean reading it to yourself and skimming it. Like what pops out at you, what's catching the eye, what's catching their attention. And if you can't see anything immediately, then go back and revise. Gotcha. All right. Well, I didn't interrupt you there. Uh, You were going to have a second point to this. Oh, yes. So second point is the second mistake I see people often make is the only metric they're looking at with their emails to determine whether or not they're successful is their open rate, which, yes, is um, a critical metric to look at. And granted, some people don't have the measurement tools they need to look at the whole picture. But if you are if you have very clearly defined goals around your email marketing program, the open rate is only going to be a small chunk of that. So uh, I'll give you an example. So 
if your goals for your email is for somebody to jump on a discovery call with you um, or initial session, um, your open rates are not going to tell you much, right? About whether or not you've accomplished that goal, right? All you know is that somebody felt compelled to open that email. Now, did they click on the link to book that session? That'd be a much bigger indicator on whether or not you're achieving your goals with email. And open rates, there are a lot of factors that go into how those are measured by your chosen email service provider. So they're not always accurate. So making sure you have clearly defined goals around what you want your emails to do, I think will help you get a much better picture of how your emails are performing. Emily, I don't think I know any business owner who has has goals surrounding their emails. That was like a huge, like that just like really kind of slapped me across the face. I'm like, do we have goals for our email? All right. Um, now, yes, thank you for that. That was freaking awesome. I love when I get slapped across the face in these podcasts. I'm just like, wow, dude, this is awesome. Okay. Well, that um, just unlocked my goal for this podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, I have, and again, I think I'm going to need to have you back or, or maybe we're going to need to do something else because I, I, I have so many questions about email, but we, we did talk about the nurture aspect of this. So I want to get back to talking about the nurture. And then if we have any time left, I have one other big question for you. So how do you nurture? How do you write the nurture? How often are you nurturing? How many email are involved in the nurture sequence? <laughs> I mean, I, I've got a chameleon of them, but I'm just going to let you go because this is your area of expertise. Yeah. So I was, it's funny because I was just talking to somebody about this at lunch. So we're really shifting out of a world of how we think about sales, right? And email is no different than most other sales channels. We just we just forget to see that, right? So for me, what I see as the power of email is that opportunity to have a one-to-one relationship building and messaging to people wherever they are with their customer journey with their brand. So what people don't know when they open an email is how many other people got that email. All they know is that they see an email in their inbox. They don't know that you are speaking directly to them and you can personalize the content to them, right? So it really gives you this opportunity to pretend you're talking to them like a traditional sales strategy. So the other thing that people experience all day, every day, is they're being sold to all the time. So we really have our guard up about when people approach us with their product or service. So that nurturing piece, right, getting in there with a small bit of value that you can deliver to them to get their guard down and then build off of the value you continue to deliver to them in your inbox so that you build that like, know, and trust factor is crucial, right? It helps you cut through the clutter and helps people trust you in order to take the next step with your brand. So specifics around that, for example, people use a lot of different terms for this kind of thing. So nurturing sequence, sales funnels, workflows, whatever it is. But the idea is, and a great way to generate and warm leads, is offering that opt-in or a lead magnet. Some people use that term. Where you offer a free bit of value in exchange for their email address. So they gave you their email address. Now what do you do? 
Well, you start to have that conversation with them about why they were attracted to that lead magnet, what their pain points are, how you uh, empathize with them, and how your service or product can provide a solution to those pain points. So you're really building trust with people because you understand where they're coming from, basically just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you don't throw that all in one email, right? Not like a <laughs> newsletter, you know? You do that staggered out um, over the series of, depending on whatever it is you're selling, it could be three emails, it could be five, it could be 10, right? Hmm. Depending on the actions somebody takes with your email, if they click through it, maybe you shorten that up a little bit because you know that they're interested. Maybe they've taken, they haven't opened any of those emails. So maybe you take another action with them, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this process of speaking to them like a human being, right? Because they're humans and this is a relationship. And there's also watching their behavior with your emails to see can you just nudge them or nurture them a little bit more, depending on where they are? Okay, who's got time for this, Emily? I, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, wow, you know. And again, one, I, just so all of our audience knows, I very selfishly wanted you on this podcast because I was like, I get to ask her some questions that I really want to know about. But how, how, uh, I mean, how are we monitoring the back end of that? How do we know how many emails we need to send at the beginning? I mean, I understand that that people can hire you for that, and mm-hmm. and I think they probably should. But do you have any contact management tips? Are there any ways to put like a cookie on an email or a tracking mechanism? Uh, you, you know what? And I don't even really know if I know what I'm asking. But uh, do you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> I know what you're talking. Okay, about. good, so, good. When you start with any project, right? What I always recommend to people is something is better than nothing, right? So at least having one lead magnet with one email is a great start, right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, don't. (laughs) Just start small and then build off of that. So um, the other thing is having the right tools, right? We all need the right tools no matter what job we're doing. But depending on your email service provider... so. If you don't know what that term is, email service provider is like your MailChimp or whatever, whatever it is you're using, they will track that for you. So it's making sure you can, um, your email service provider uh, is tracking those things for you, is giving you access to that information, and then giving you the tools to capitalize on that information. So this is why I don't like MailChimp. MailChimp is a great starter tool, but if you want to start getting more advanced, in your marketing, I would recommend looking at something else. Okay. And yeah, what I usually recommend is Active Campaign, but there are a lot of great tools. And I know financial planners are very limited on some of the tools they can use. Yeah, they, they are limited. Uh, you know, they usually have broker dealer approved contact management systems. But what they don't understand is that a lot of these programs can actually be bolted on to their existing contact management system. Okay. I want to switch gears just just a smidge. You said that you should have a goal for for your nurture. The nurture mm-hmm. is to to build the relationships. Mm-hmm. Is there any language that you have found that works better than other languages or or terms or phrases? To start building that trust, Emily, because you said that, and it was so good for you to say that, that email 
all of this should really, you know, begin or continue to uh, maintain or build that trust process. Is there language that you found through your testing that is more successful than others? Yeah, so the mistake I see a lot of people make, and we're going back to mistakes, full circle, <laughs> is not is using the word we or I way too much. And I get it, like you are writing from your perspective about what it is you do and how you help and what you think and feel. But if you switch your language in your email to start using the word you, like you are having an actual conversation with somebody in person, you're going to see huge results. Um, it's a, it's actually a really great mindset shift too, because then you start thinking about your actual subscriber, your actual lead. You start putting them, uh, start visualizing that person and having a conversation to their pain points. And that completely transforms your copywriting. It transforms the way you think about how you're nurturing your leads. So really that word you is incredibly powerful. Putting it in subject lines, starting your emails with them, anything. People are going to connect because they're opening an email and they want to hear about them, right? Um, instead of everything about your business. Using you in a subject line. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah, really. How simple is that? I mean, you're just like really casually like, Hey, you should do this. And my, I, I mean, I'm turning my volume down because I don't want people to hear all of the minor explosions going on inside of my head right now. Can you give an example of that? Like, how would I get your attention using you in a subject line? Well, for example, if you have whatever, um, so if you have a lead magnet or opt-in or whatever, and that first email that goes to your subscribers after they sign up, just putting the word your download is inside, right? <laughs> whatever it was they signed up for. Totally. Like your request huh. is inside, whatever. Yeah. It, and it makes, and it's so hard when you're in your business. Yeah take a step back and see how people are interacting with your business. But if you think about it, when you get emails from a brand, especially when you've taken an action with them, if they acknowledge your request is inside, that makes so much sense, right? Yeah, <laughs> it really, really does. And, and a lot of our advisors have those opt-in systems. Uh, we, we've recommended that at Top Advisor Marketing for a really long time, making sure that you have something like a, a, a free white paper, right? Uh, some, something that is of great value that really explains who you are and what makes you different and how that's going to be valued, that, that with them, right? What's in it for me, for the client or the prospect? But I'm telling you, I don't think they're doing that back-end stuff because, yeah. you know, I'll have people who say to me, Emily, oh my gosh, I had, a, you know, 300 people download my white paper. I'm like, okay, well, mm -hmm. how many new prospects did you get? Uh, well, I mean, they, they, don't, they don't even know, right? Mm -hmm. Let alone if they were able to give me a, a low number. So uh, that that is that is really yeah. See, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I want to I want to say one other quick thing here, which is this: advisors need to understand that that this is not something that you are going to be an expert in. Right, we we bring on people, Emily, all the time. Right, uh, experts in financial mm -hmm. planning and experts in marketing and coaching and all of those sorts of things. 
But we haven't had anybody like you on this because everybody, it's like phone etiquette. We had a woman on for phone etiquette, by the way, which is a great podcast if you haven't listened to it. But email etiquette is the same way. There there is some very, very specific do's and don'ts that you have. And you write about this, right? So let's take a moment. What uh, you put out content regularly, mm-hmm. where should people find you? And I mean, do you have some stuff that they can subscribe to for yourself? Well, I mean, I know this is, I get your, your, I get an email from you every week. Mm, yes. So let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. So I am, I am on all the digital things, <laughs> LinkedIn, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook. Oh, I'm on YouTube now. I have a YouTube channel. Ooh. I know it's very exciting, <laughs> but I also send out emails weekly with more fun tips and tricks like this, but I do have a really great action guide that I like to offer to people. Um, it's called boost your email open rates in less than 30 days. And it goes into sort of what we've already talked about, mm-hmm. plus some of the you know secret sauce into how to measure an open rate and all that fun stuff. So that's on my website. It's flourishgrit.com slash open. You can sign up there. It's 100% free. And then you'll see all the emails you'll get from me. <laughs> I just think it's really funny. You are one of 10 people who I get a regular email from that I have not unsubscribed. And and now that I'm hearing how you consult on this, Emily, I'm like, oh my God, that is exactly why. One of the things that that was in your email are, are emojis or images in, in things like subject lines. And you do that, and I know it immediately it's from you. Because you know what? Nobody else freaking does that. Like no nobody mm-hmm. else I do. Um, I, I, I subscribe to gets my attention as quickly as as yours does. So I want to thank you for that. We're going to make sure that we have that contact information in our show notes so everybody can can look at that. Your final bit of wisdom. So if you had one real piece of chewy advice that you could give to our listening audience before we sign off today, what would it be? Oh, okay. So here's one I was going to say earlier and then I forgot. Now I remembered. So it's perfect. So the one piece of advice I would give people is um, so in emails, when we offer value, right? Because So people will stay engaged with our emails and love getting emails from us and all the juiciness we offer. Another mistake I see people make and that I really want to encourage people to uh, think about and look at their emails is um, they forget to put an offer in there. So we're focused so much sometimes on the content of what we're putting out that we forget to tell people how they can work with us. So if you're going to do one thing today, look at your emails that you're sending out and make sure it's crystal clear that people know if they want to work with you, how they can work with you and what next step to take, whether that's booking a call, filling out a form, whatever it is, take a look at it and make sure you always have that in every email you send out. Emily, I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm just going to say this to our audience now. We're, we're going to have you back for phase two of this here in the near future because there's just so much more that we that we need to talk about, and hopefully by then uh, a bunch of our uh, our listeners will have engaged you and, and and really tried to find out a little bit more about who you are and what makes you truly unique and different in this world. I think you should be speaking at broker dealer conferences. I think you need to be at coaching conferences. This is something that so, and you know this better than anybody, they just take it for granted and they don't realize 
that this is still such a powerful tool that you can use to continue to build trust and relationships. So, Emily, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, everybody. You email every day. Some of you who I've had calls with say that the one thing you dread more than anything is going to your email inbox in the morning. Don't be like that to your people, right? Try to make it so that your communication with them in this digital format is going to be clear, succinct, to the point, interesting, and engaging. And with what Emily just said at the end there, which I love, which there should be a call to action. There should be, hey, here are the next steps, whether that's after your financial planning process, after a dinner seminar, after an educational workshop, anything from a marketing standpoint, after your podcast, after they get into the system, you should always have something that's going to allow them to take that next step. That's where the gold happens. That's when your marketing really starts to sing. And don't forget that email is one of the most powerful communication pieces that everybody has. Because guess what? Everybody's got email and everybody wants to read it, but they only want to read the good stuff. So if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast, or show up directly on your listening device. And if you know somebody who would be a great guest on the podcast or you have a great podcast idea, email me, Matt, at topadvisorm. That M is for marketing.com, and I'll be more than happy to chat with you about it. And make sure that you check the show notes to find and uh, subscribe and download this paper from Emily McGuire from Flourish and Grit. Uh, because you know what? It's like I said, it's one of the only emails I read on a regular basis. Uh, because you know what? As a marketing company, I think this is one of the most overlooked, most powerful marketing tools that you can use. All right. So for everybody at Flourish and Grit and everybody here at Top Advisor Marketing, this is Matt Halloran. And guess what? We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.